You're listening to How To 20-Something, the only podcast that helps both men and women navigate their 20s and learn how to adult across all aspects of their lives. We're going to be focusing on career, relationships, finances, fitness, nutrition, and all of the common challenges and obstacles a typical 20-something will face in this post-college life and what to do about it. I'm your host, Just Diamond, and I'm the CEO and founder of Just Diamond Coaching, where I help young professionals get their shit together, gain their confidence, and own their life. No one prepares you for this adulting world, so allow me to help you feel like you are no longer a chicken running around with its head cut off, and that you actually know what the hell is going on and what your next step to take is. Welcome to How To 20-Something. Welcome back to How To 20-Something. It's time to put on your listening ears as we're going to be diving into the steps you need to take to effectively communicate. Well, it kind of rhymes. Which actually begins with your ability to listen, as you'll learn soon enough. Now, this is such a crucial skill to getting anywhere in life, so I really hope you work to apply these tactics when the need to communicate your wants, needs, desires, feelings, and boundaries surface. Which they will, with any long-term relationship that you're ever going to have. And by relationship, I mean anything more than surface-level socializing you can think of, such as friends, family members, partners, and coworkers, and even the potential relationships that new people hold. And if you want to learn more about how to communicate outside of this podcast, then I, or outside of this episode, I should say, then I recommend you read the book Listen, The Art of Effective Communication. It's by Dale Carnegie, and of course, I'm linking the book in the show notes for you to access right away. Otherwise, I'll be using this episode to discuss what I've learned from that book, and if you want to learn how to cater any of these episodes to your unique life and needs, then click the link to schedule a call with me where we can discuss working together. Other links that you'll see in the show notes are to my email if you ever want to share your results or aha moments with me, my website where you can poke around and learn about my life and nutrition coaching business, and you can see what events I'm offering, you can get on my email list, and you can schedule a call with me. And you can see, in as well as in the show notes, a place where you can submit a question for me to answer or a topic that you want me to talk about on here. So just be sure to check out all the links and click on some things. But you see, I was actually going to hold off on making this podcast episode as it's such a large topic, but it keeps surfacing in my life either personally, amongst friends, and even with clients. So I figured I better move that timeline up and get it out to y'all as soon as possible. So here I am, teaching you how to communicate effectively. But first, let's talk about what happens when you haven't developed the maturity to voice your concerns or problems in an appropriate way, and instead practice avoidance or passiveness, and hopefully, by the end of this episode, you realize the importance of confrontation, even if it makes you so uncomfortable to do in the moment. I'm going to come at this from two different angles, with one being you're the one that's not communicating what's bothering you, and the other one being how it feels to be on the other end of that situation and how neither positions feel very good and could potentially lead to disaster and shattered relationships. So let's say someone in your life does something that upsets you or even doesn't do something and that upsets you and instead of coming to that person and letting them know that you are not very happy with them, you think it would be easier to let it pass. But seriously ask yourself, does it really pass? Do you ever really get over it, or is there still a part of of it that's bothering you, even if it's a tiny bit? Or are you thinking to yourself, it's not that serious to bring up and open that can of worms, so you keep it inside of you? However, 
by not communicating what's bothering you, the other person has no idea what's going on and will continue to operate in that way as they probably believe nothing is wrong with your relationship or their actions, otherwise you would have said something. And I want to get one thing straight. People cannot read minds. Even if you think it's so obvious that you've been hurt in some way or that the other person has clearly overstepped some boundaries, you should never assume the other person understands what's going on, which is why you need to communicate. Remember my mom once told me, assuming is making an ass out of you and me. So keep that in mind. We don't like to assume things. Because the other person has no idea what's going on, you are never going to feel resolved and their repetitive actions that you have not voiced to be the problem will keep compiling on top of each other until you've reached your boiling point and react accordingly, which we all know is not going to be cordial, appropriate, friendly, or calm. That reaction could cause far more damage than the original confrontation that could have happened to avoid the whole mess And the other person in this relationship might feel blindsided by the entire outburst. And now, what started as a tiny, minuscule thing has been blown way out of proportion and will take a lot more work to resolve, providing the relationship hasn't been completely broken by your bottled-up emotions and inability to confront and communicate, resulting in you saying or doing things out of retaliation. If we were to come at this from the other side, where you're the person who isn't being communicated to, and all of a sudden you notice a particular relationship in your life is not showing up in the same way that it has been, like let's say you feel left out or in the dark and you have no idea why this is happening and now you're feeling insecure and vulnerable with no actual reason that you can think of, and when you go to confront this person, you might still be left with no answers because nothing specifically large happened recently, and what you don't know is that this other person has been slowly bottling up one thing after another. And now your relationship is rocky and can go in one of two directions. You can confront this person with what's going on and resolve the issue at hand and hopefully work through any past things that they bring up, which I'm hoping is not the case because it's very manipulative, which I'll get to shortly into this episode. Um, and But this is the direction I'm going to teach you how to communicate and encourage you to take. Or the other direction could be you become just as avoidant as the other person and your relationship slowly diminishes away. I would also like to add that if you are at a mature place in your life to communicate, but the other person isn't, then the likelihood of the communication not going well is higher. However, you cannot control how another person reacts to a situation or a confrontation. You can only control yourself and the part that you play in that relationship. So it is up to you if you want to believe you did everything you could to rekindle your relationship, which means effectively communicating, or if you would like to avoid all confrontation possible, and then you're just as bad as the person not communicating the original issues. I support you in either choice, except I know you want to learn how to communicate effectively, otherwise you would not have clicked this episode to listen to. Besides, communicating properly is a key component to solid relationships and adulting, so I'm very glad that you're here listening to me explain just how you can strengthen this part of yourself and thereby strengthen the relationships in your life and the respect that you hold in other people's eyes. Another important thing to note when it comes to interacting with others is that our perception of reality stems from our past And you should never invalidate someone's feelings simply because it's not a big deal to you. 
For example, you could have a life-altering event happen to you, so by comparison, this incident doesn't seem significant. Whereas for the other person, this is the life-altering event for them. Working to get on the same page as the other person and see the world through their eyes will help you understand how this situation is impacting them on a greater level than it is to you. Now, part of effective communication is effective listening and is step one in the three-step process that comes with having a coherent conversation where both parties feel heard and understood. Before we get into this whole process, I want you to fully understand that everyone believes they're right. And they are, in their own minds. So your goal becomes understanding what they believe their truth is, asking for your truth to be heard, and then coming to a compromise or a solution based on the findings and understandings of both parties. Again, relating back to everyone's different perception of reality based on past occurrences in their lives. The steps and tactics I'll be providing you with will help limit the cyclical arguments that would otherwise occur. Maybe you can recall a fight with someone where you feel you guys are just talking in circles and nothing is actually coming to fruition, but rather increasing both of your tempers, and that's the part we're working to avoid. You see, when you're the one initiating the conversation that needs to occur, you need to try your hardest to mitigate any defense response that might happen with the other person. And the best way to decrease that possibility is to hear them out first. It's also extremely challenging, so you need to be patient with yourself when you're doing this. According to Dale Carnegie, step one in having a productive conversation is to explore the other person's point of view. This is where you practice stepping into the other person's shoes and see where they are coming from. Again, far easier said than done, but what you want to make sure you're doing is practicing active listening. And this reminds me of when I was in elementary school and we had this thing called giving five. And it's when you hold up your hand to signify you are active listening because each finger stood for something different that is all part of listening. It was you, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, and your undivided attention. So make sure you're giving five when you're hearing the other person's perspective. And this step is often overlooked because we are so quick to want the other person to see where we're coming from, but it is crucial when it comes to conflict resolution and ease of conversations. So to repeat, step one of ex- is exploring the other person's viewpoints. And it can look like this. You establish that you initiated the conversation to come to a mutual understanding first and then a resolution after you both hear each other out. Then bring up the subject at hand and ask for the other person's help in understanding him or her. This is when you practice your active listening and work really hard not to defend or disagree, but simply hear them out. Listening is a participatory activity and involves engagement and fully understanding the words coming out of the other person's mouth. So really make sure you're not distracted by anything in your immediate environment. Listening means you are taking the words you are hearing and developing meaning behind it and asking questions accordingly to really develop their frame and see where they're coming from. And then you're going to repeat what the other person is saying in your own words. So you're paraphrasing to confirm your understanding and you're going to keep this little dance of going back and forth until the other person agrees that what you're paraphrasing is the same message they are getting across. 
If you have difficulty in letting the other person finish what's on their mind, you can practice a little coaching technique called mirroring or parroting, and it's where you repeat all the words coming out of the other person's mouth in your head. And this allows you to stay focused and engaged on the words they are saying rather than coming up with your response while they're still talking, or worse, interrupting them before they've completed their sentence. Once you both agree that you have fully stepped into the other person's shoes, then you can ask for a fair hearing in return, which is getting the green light to move on to step two, and that is explaining your viewpoint. If you rush step one, then you are setting step two up for disaster. So you need to be really patient in helping the other person feel heard. And then you can begin explaining your viewpoint with how the other person's thoughts and feelings have affected you. This is not placing blame or getting all defensive based on what the other person said in step one or the entire conflict in general, but rather sharing your emotions. Then moving on to explain your thoughts, desires, and feelings as your truth and not the truth. Oftentimes, we believe we are right in our thoughts, feelings, and actions, and that everyone should also know that we're right. But more times than not, your own frame has sculpted your viewpoint so that you think you're right, and the other person doesn't see it that way, because they believe they're just as right. So in step two, you are sharing the truth in your reality. It doesn't mean the other person is wrong. This is just what you believe to be true based on the information you've collected or the stories you've created in your head or even based on past events that have occurred in your life. And if you are finding it difficult to get your feelings and thoughts across without placing blame, try using this fill-in-the-blank tool. It's when you do this, I feel this, and this is what I would like instead. For example, when you make fun of me, I feel hurt, and I would like for you to give me compliments instead. Now during step two, you're going to pull an Uno reverse card from step one, where you're going to have the other person repeat your position in their own words and correct anything you believe to be inaccurate until you feel fully heard and understood by him or her. If you are using the fill in the blank tactic, then asking them to repeat that simple sentence, attitude free, is how you know you feel heard. And please note, This is not the time to bring up past events. When you are coming to someone to communicate an issue, you should be only referring to the issue at hand. It is very manipulative if you start to bring up past events, whether resolved or unresolved, so try your hardest to stay on topic, and you can ask for a new conversation about a past issue at a later date. Not right now. Once you both can see where each other is coming from, you can then move on to step three and that is creating a resolution. This is a collaborative effort. You guys are working, are going to now work to become one team and are looking at solving the problem. If you need to imagine it in your head, let's say you're both sitting at opposite ends of the conference table and the table is the conflict. So steps one and two are where you're both at opposite ends. And then in step three, you're gonna come to the same side and look at the table together. And then take turns brainstorming multiple options And if the solution is not obvious yet, you can turn to a couple of different techniques to, again, preserve the relationship you guys want to have with one another. So you can take time out and plan to reconvene at a later time, hopefully within the same day, but it could be the next day if needed. You can outsource a third party such as counseling or mediation. You can separate and brainstorm independently and then come back and share your findings. 
You can take turns giving alternate solutions, and you can even agree to disagree and still respect each other, feel fully heard, and go on your separate ways on this issue, not the relationship entirely, unless of course it's that big of an issue that it is a make it or break it situation, in which case you should seek out a therapist or a coach to help mediate the situation and save the relationship if that's what you both want to do. Now, you can successfully do all three of these steps, but if you don't time it well, again, can lead to absolute disaster. So here are my helpful tips that both parties need to be able to check off in order for this conversation to go as smoothly as possible. One, choose the right time, as in when both parties are calm, sober, well-rested, fed, and not distracted or multitasking in any way, which is why I also recommend this be done face-to-face or FaceTime if necessary. Two, Timing also has to do with when there are no recent emotions from the situation at hand still being felt. So you need to wait before talking, but also knowing not to wait too long where you're digging up a dead body because so much time has passed since the incident occurred. Believe me, I have had friends come at a confrontation from a very emotional state and they ended up saying far more hurtful things to me than what the original issue was. I've even gone and set a boundary to let the other person know I was upset and needed to calm down before we could talk about it, and he didn't respect that boundary and wanted to resolve things right then and there, again, worsening the situation at hand, because now, aside from the situation, he's disrespecting my boundaries being set. So you have to, have to, have to, have to make sure you time it right for both parties. It's not your world and we're all living in it. We are all the main characters of our own worlds, and it takes a sense of maturity and emotional intelligence to see the other person's view and take their experience into consideration rather than doing what's best for you and you only, or risk having a very lonely life with surface-level relationships. And I know people-pleasers want to resolve things quickly, but you need to respect the other person's wishes and wait for them to calm down, knowing that it's going to save your ass in the long run. So timing is important and it helps with making sure you both maintain a level head and a neutral tone and you want to avoid yelling, sarcasm, and cursing as that's going to trigger the other person's defensiveness. If this starts to happen, you need to take control and call a timeout and reconvene when you both have calmed back down, which again might not be able to be the same day. And I mentioned this as part of step two, but you need to stay on topic. This is not the time to bring up past incidences that fueled the present moment. You had your chance to bring it up then, and you're the one that waited too long, and now it's irrelevant to this particular conversation. But you're learning, so now you know not to wait and let something fester, but rather confront the person who made you feel not so great at that time. And finally, take ownership for your damn actions. Acknowledge where you faulted, because chances are, if there is a disagreement, then you fucked up in some way as well. Remember, it takes two to tango. So own up and apologize, even if you don't think what you did was worthy of an apology. This is part of growing up and maturing. I'm going to be honest. I recently lost a friend dear to my heart as a result of poor communication abilities. At first, it was zero communication as to what bothered him, And when asked to talk, I applied the tactics I just shared with you. I had him go first, and then then I went, 
and then we worked to come up with a solution to save the friendship. But a few days after the conversation, I realized he told me what I wanted to hear to avoid deeper conflict, and then his further actions didn't match the words that came out of his mouth. Because here's the thing, you can do all of the effective communicating as you're able to, but it's your actions that really express what's going on. I used to think the saying actions speak louder than words was in regards to physically hurting or helping someone, but it's not really that at all. It's how you're physically showing up in your relationships that speak louder than the words you're saying and vice versa. How someone else is showing up in your life rather than the words that they are saying. It comes down to one thing, actions over apologies. You could have someone say everything you want to hear, but if they aren't putting an action behind their words to support what they mean, then that's where their true colors shine. Don't get tunnel vision from what you're hearing as what you're seeing is telling the true story. Effectively communicating is the first part of clearing the air to any conflict or situation that is preventing you from feeling like you are living your best life. But if they aren't showing up in the resolution you both came to, then that's what becomes far more important. And the same goes for you as well. You need to show up in the resolution that was communicated. Your ability to communicate will make or break any type of relationship you want to have in your life. And as humans, we are very social creatures and need meaningful people in our lives to make our hearts feel full. So don't fuck up a relationship because you don't have the guts to talk about what's bothering you, no matter how minuscule you think it is. The final thing, and I'll admit this is something that is tough for me to do as well. Go right to the source when something is bothering you. Don't spread the drama to everyone before things have been worked on to be resolved unless you need help seeing it from a different frame or processing it, rather than talking shit and airing out your dirty laundry for the world to see. You can talk it out with your best friend, your mom, your coach, your therapist if you need help processing and calming down to be able to take action, but this is not you talking shit, this is asking for help with the goal to walk away with a plan. And I'm always here if you need a set of listening ears and help coming up with an action to take or practice with the conversation that is needing to be had. So please reach out to me and I'll help you gain clarity and direction. These types of tough conversations are a part of life and growing up and maturing, but they take practice to be carried out effectively and will only serve to benefit you in the long run. So write the tips down that I just gave you. Re-listen to the episode if you need to, but take this topic seriously. It is part of your self-growth journey and an important part to any relationship that goes below surface level that you'll ever encounter. And with that, I want to thank you for listening to another episode of How to 20-something. I hope you gained insight into how to salvage your relationships and use effective communication to your benefit. If you like what you heard, go ahead and leave a review and a rating and hit the subscribe so you can be notified the second next week's episode drops. I wish you a wonderful rest of your week, and I'll be in your headphones again on Monday. We'll talk soon.